there have been some great discounts through the years for these May the 4th events. So what is LEGO doing? Well, I know that a lot of us like Star Wars, but we also like saving money so we can buy more. You sh you're saying do episode four yeah. where they have it's the Death memorable. Star Trench run. Yeah, in episode because the other two shots, you know, six. being Hoth and Endor yeah, are yeah. other incredibly memorable shots. Lego, Lego. Welcome back to the Lego Stud Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the bricking news that came out from Lego this week, which I got to say was a good bit of news. A lot of people are going to be very interested in what I have to say, hopefully, question mark. Eh, you're still listening, hopefully. Then we'll jump into a little open discussion with Michael and Steven, who are part of Podcast 3, where we talked about Lego and the adult community. And if you haven't listened to it, I recommend it, of course, since it is my podcast. But I think you'll really enjoy the open conversation and wisecracking we do throughout the episode. What was I originally talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. Bunch of Lego news came out, or breaking news this week. First, Lego announced their summer series for the Harry Potter sets. We have Harry Potter Room of Requirements, which shows Luna, Harry, and Hermione, as well as a Dementor dummy in the Room of Requirements, which I think is a nice set. They also include two of the Patronus charms, and now in a form of a rabbit and the otter. If you're a Harry Potter nerd, you know which one's which. Luna is the rabbit, and Hermione is the otter. Then we have the Forbidden Forest Umbridge's Encounter. This is with Grop, which is the half-brother of Hagrid. So it comes with Grop, Professor Umbridge, Hermione, Harry, and two centaurs. Nice set. Probably going to pass on it, though. Harry Potter and the Observation Tower is our next set, which is from the sixth book in the Harry Potter series, which also includes a lot of minifigures that are specifically shown to be from Professor Wormtail's Christmas party that he holds every year. It's a very nice set. I, I think it's the largest set for this series, and uh, I don't know. I, I like how it's designed with a nice tower to it and having that special party theme. Our next set is from 4 Privy Drive, which is a remake of the older set. It does include the flying car, Harry escaping from his room with the locked window, and Hedwig flying out, which it's a new Hedwig figure, which actually has spread wings like it's flying, and I think it's really cool. Also includes Dobby with the hovering or flying cake and the Dursleys, which I think that's funny. All the Dursleys are just hilarious in minifigure form. Then we have a Harry Potter Hedwig, which is just a large Hedwig figure that's holding a parcel and it actually has a kinetic feature. So when you twist the dial, it'll actually rotate and flap Hedwig's wings, which is kind of cool. I know that they were going for a Hedwig style that they were previously given away when they rebooted the Harry Potter series at the Targets and Barnes and Nobles across the country about two years ago. And our last set is the Attack on the Burrow, which is the Weasley's home as they call it, The Burrow. It includes Bellatrix Lestrange. It's also another remake of the Weasley's house, The Burrow, and I think it looks great. It's got the slope to it. It's got details inside. This is going to be a great purchase. Some other interesting things that came out this week, we have the Lego architecture set of the White House, set 21054. Now, they previously did do a White House, but it was just the main uh, building that we all know with the round uh, balcony area. This includes the east and the west wing. So it is a larger set. It does have some nice detail, including the Oval Office. 
honestly, if you're an architecture fan, this is a great one, especially for the American branded people. Bricklink came out with some news. They have updated their website. It is now called a Bricklink XP, which creates a better option for people to not only view on their regular website for ordering parts, but also to order through mobile, such as a tablet or your phone, which broadens their scope so people can go on the fly. If they're on their phone, they want to order some bricks. It's an easier way to search instead of having the full site you have to bring up. Lego did also reveal another of their summer release sets, which is the new AT-AT from Star Wars, 75288. It's 1,267 pieces, and it's going to run about $190. It is pretty much a direct remake of set 4483 AT-AT, which was released in 2003. And I have this set, and I love it. And I think the new set looks good. They've done a nice representation of the exact same features for the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back with a new, stronger headpiece. Uh, it looks like stronger legs, of course, too, because they were pretty weak, and the nice feet action to it, and a better interior with some nice minifigures. If you missed out on the 2003 model, since there were a lot of other AT-ATs, this one is a very nice one to pick up. It looks to be released in August, most likely August 1st, alongside the two Mandalorian sets. But I bet you're all thinking, Why, what are you talking about? Come on, let's move on to what we're all here for, the May the 4th event. All right, all right, I hear you. I'm, I'm getting there. Let's start off with something that you may not know about or may not have looked at, is the VIP sweepstakes that is happening through May the 4th. Lego announced that on their VIP sweepstakes program, they're going to be releasing an exclusive Boba Fett with the prototype armor minifigure, and it's created for the 30th anniversary of Star Wars, The Emperor Strikes Back, so 10 years ago. It's extremely rare. It also includes an uncut and num numbered sticker sheet. You can enter up to 15 times. Each entry is 50 points, so 750 points, about five, six bucks. And that competition will close today on May the 4th. So if you would like to even throw your hat in the ring, and I think it's a great minifigure and the sticker sheet is really cool too. Anything that a collector would want. Now this is the final day of the May the 4th event, which did start on Friday, May 1st, all the way through today, May 4th. If you've been participating, already purchased things, you know if you spend over $75, you'll get the Death Star 2 Battle Pack mini diorama display. Also, the UCS A-Wing 75275 is available at this time. Any Star Wars purchase is a double VIP points, and there will be discounts throughout that time period on other Star Wars sets. Now, I personally and a lot of other people have not seen many discounts from the Star Wars sets, which is a little disappointing because there have been some great discounts through the years for these May the 4th events. So what is LEGO doing? Well, I know that a lot of us like Star Wars, but we also like saving money so we can buy more. I digress. If we look on the LEGO website, a lot of the sets are already sold out. We have the UCS Imperial Star Destroyer. The $700 set is sold out. All the Helmet series is sold out. Boba Fett, Stormtrooper, and TIE Fighter Pilot all sold out. Super disappointed because I didn't, I was not able to get those in time for this. I guess I'll have to spend my money on some other Star Wars set. We also have the UCS Millennium Falcon, $800 set, sold out. ATAP, Walker, sold out. Duel at Starkiller Base, etc., etc. All sold out. Hopefully some of these will come back in stock for people. I just don't see it happening before the end of today. So if you missed out on some of these builds, I'm really sorry. I know I'm a little disappointed too. But come on, Lego. These items shouldn't be sold out. They should be on back order because this is the May the 4th weekend. You should have expected a lot of people to be interested in the helmets as well as the UCS series. 
please put them back in stock before the end of this. I guess we'll just have to wait till midnight tonight. Now that I've talked enough, we're going to add a few other people to the podcast. We'll throw in Steven and Michael, and they're going to give their opinions on these gifts with purchase, the May the 4th event in general, and all things Star Wars. Thoughts were thrown out. Conversation was had. I think overall, we got down to the bottom of what we think about May the 4th. So stay tuned. So I want to welcome back to the podcast, Stephen and Michael. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me back. Doing pretty well. Looking forward to May the 4th. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mean, I've been playing with Legos since they've had the license, uh, which we can dive into a little bit. May the 4th is always the best time around to grab up some Star Wars goods. All those Star Wars fans get to spend more money. To start off, a little bit of history behind May the 4th. They've had the license for what? Over 20 years now, since the early 90s when Episode 1 came out, over that entire span of time, they've made new models, reintroduced models, and then a few years ago, they started a May the 4th promotions, which came around to how they could sell and promote Star Wars even more. And it wasn't just Lego. Uh, all across Star Wars, May the 4th became the day known as it's time to buy more Star Wars gear. Specifically with Lego... We've seen changes throughout the years of they always introduce a UCS set around this time. They have special gifts, um, but there's always something new. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes you hate it. Uh, I guess we'll start with Michael here. And if I know you're not a huge Star Wars fan, but w is there anything you've seen that you would have rather not had or disliked about May the 4th series? No, I would say we should just be thankful that they do anything extra for a day in the first place. But I know it's probably not a very popular opinion on the matter. And then I know, let's see, so for this year's with it being, you know, diorama of something vice previous years where it's been a minifigure, you know, I don't know if that's a necessarily a good or a bad change, but I, I feel relatively indifferent to it all. Honestly, like I said, I'm just happy that there's like something additional that's given out. Yeah, I think the diorama, I think this is our second year with it. Steven, yeah, is it, it? Yeah. Second year with it, third model, because they did a diorama as well for, uh, uh, Force Friday last year, so I wonder if they'll also do that this year too. Personally, I kind of like the whole vignette diorama thing. It's a lot more pieces, a lot more bang for your buck in terms of bonus stuff. And at the same time, I can absolutely relate to the appeal of getting an exclusive minifigure that would otherwise not be available, with the exception, of course, of that first order stormtrooper they had back in 2016, because that one honestly was a bit of a disappointment with only having just one little blip of additional print on it. Yeah, what was he, a bomber? The there was a lot of like discussion about it, because they're like, well, okay, this looks exactly like a regular uh, trooper from The Force Awakens, and then you just throw it on, threw on a new print on the chest piece. It didn't seem like it was much added to it. Yeah, barely even much of a new print, too, because it has like the little black kind of vest on top of the uniform, which they had a minifigure like that in one of the battle packs, I think it was. So they just added like two more little ammo pouches closer up on the torso. It wasn't even called a bomber. It was just first order to stormtroop. It's exactly what it says on the packet. Though I don't know if it looks like there's a printed tile on the back. I don't know if that tile was exclusive. I never had the figure because it never really appealed to me too much. Yeah, and then I, I believe is after that year they went away from it. They stopped using minifigures, and I, I thought that was kind of a disappointment to some of the figures that were pretty cool. I mean, we originally got the Shadow Arf Trooper, 
Uh, we had the TC 14 in Chrome, which was awesome. Like they don't make Chrome figures or anything in Lego anymore. They've kind of strayed away from that, which is disappointing because I thought that added some cool details like the diorama sets. I think they're cool. I know we've we've gone from May the 4th, which used to be every year. And it, I mean, it still is. But then they decided, well, six months from now, we got to we got to figure out something to promote Star Wars. And I don't know if that was a, a hint from Disney, because I'm pretty sure it started under their reign of owning Lucasfilm, having uh, Force Friday. So they created the newer the another diorama and some more deals. The dioramas are cool. I don't I don't know about this one. This one's a little iffy. I really liked the Endor one as well as the Hoth set. I was hoping maybe they do like Crate as one or uh, a callback to maybe what they did for one of the exclusive uh, Star Wars things from San Diego Comic-Con with the uh, Space Worm, which I thought was funny. Yeah, that one did look pretty good. Always wanted it, but never able to get that one. Touching on the TC-14, yeah. As you said, that was kind of the last time they did Chrome. I think the last time they ever did a Chrome-type figure was probably Mr. Gold the following year. But even still, looking back at the line of minifigures, I think the real standouts are, as you said, TC-14. Probably Darth Raven are the two for me. And then they went to the mini-builds, where it was a uh, R2-D2 back in 2017, and then BB-8 in 2018. Honestly, not bad build for what it is. They both had pretty exclusive prints to it with some of those dome pieces, dish pieces on them, especially the BB-8 there. I actually have that one. It's pretty cool. I've personally liked the shift of the dioramas. Honestly, I think I might have an unpopular opinion about the Death Star 2 battle diorama for this May the 4th. I like it. I mean, some of the stuff in it could decently be improved, but for what it is, I personally kind of like it. There's something about it that just appeals to me. I think the detail looks good. I'm not sure about the ships. I think they could have done a little bit better with the ships. That's just my personal take on it. Will I still probably get it? Yeah, because of course there's always some Star Wars set I'm looking to buy. If if you look at my collection on Brickset, it's like 80% Star Wars. There are parts of the May the 4th that always have irked me. You know, we have the deals like this year is going to be two times the VIP points for any Star Wars purchase. And some years, I think they started that maybe last year, but then other years they do spe special discounts on other sets. I know one year I was lucky enough to get the B-Wing UCS set for 50% off because it wasn't selling well. So I got it for like 60 or 70 bucks. It was great. But wow. that was before Disney tax, of course, because now everything, all UCS are $200. Were there any like good May the 4ths you guys had or anything you wish that they would change about this one? Well, I think you already said it earlier. You liked the vignette, but you didn't like the ships. So I'd kind of agree in that. Uh, there's definitely a little bit more detail they could have put on that and maybe a little less they could have focused on the shape of it. I was looking at it too. And I know this is supposed to be the exterior of the Death Star here, but I don't know. I'm not getting much of a Death Star vibe from that because I feel like if they want to do Death Star, they'd put more of a back wall, make it feel like you're more in a trench. Just the exposed rebar that they're trying to illustrate here. Like you don't really see that even in the movies in terms of the exterior of the Death Star. It's more of an internal thing. So to me, as nice as it is to have the display vignette, it looks a little kind of out there. It doesn't make me think Death Star immediately. And then the ships are a little, I don't know, weak, I mean, so to say. During um, during the film, when they're on Death Star 2, you do see actually a little bit of that red rebar, but it's more so around some of the porthole entrances and other things like that. Yeah, once you get to the interior. With the, uh, with the construction on the backside of the Death Star. I mean, that being said, I think they did a decent job with what it is. I can kind of see how it could be 
the Death Star, but at the same time, I absolutely relate to the fact that it's not Death Star enough, because technically, you could put this anywhere and say, this could be a greebled surface of a Star Destroyer or something like that. Like, it could really be any kind of mechanical or giant uh, spaceship structure. Also, going on the build of the mini ships, as you touched upon, they ended up using on the A-Wing, I think, one thing that really irks me about the design is they use two jumper plates on it to make the uh, little winglets on the back. They really should have only done the one in the back and stuck with a one-by-one -one plate for the uh, side cannons that they had on it. And I feel like that would have better made the shape more accurate to what we've seen of a mini A-Wing in uh, prior just mini little things such as, I want to say, the most recent example would be a uh, advent calendar. But this, the yeah. wings just seem like they go on too long. Also, my other thought, too, as someone who's, you know, I'm not actually going to be doing anything for May the 4th. I'm not going to be picking this up. I'm not uh, terribly interested in that front. But I think, you know, Hoth and Endor are, are very big, high visibility, just great Star Wars moments as it is going into the Death Star. However, you know, this is just like an A-Wing. You really don't even see that many of those in the movies in, in terms of the battle. To be much more memorable if maybe they had put up some sort of back wall so you know you're in the trench and then swapped out the uh, the A-Wing for an X-Wing or something. I think that would have kind of jumped up. But they never go into the trench, though. Yeah, I mean, the A-Wing was uh, first appeared well, I'm in saying for the X-Wing. However, I would say... I'm saying swap it out for an X-Wing and oh, put saying, it in the oh, trench. Oh, I gotcha. Make it a little bit more memorable. You, you're saying do episode four... Yeah, where they have it's the Death Star trench run. Yeah, because the other two shots, you know, being Hoth and Endor, yeah, are yeah. other incredibly memorable shots from the Star Wars franchise. And this one just kind of feels lackluster in in uh, response to those. Yeah, that makes I'd sense. say if they wanted to make it reflect more of Death Star Two, as you were also saying, how you mainly saw some of that red rebar and things like that on the inside, they should not have done the A wing. Though I feel the reason they did it is because of the uh, UCS set coming out. But instead, they should have done the Millennium Falcon because that was the iconic ship when it came to Death Star 2 when it entered in. And still, they should have made some back walls with some parts jutting out and instead of a trench, make it kind of look like you're flying inside the Death Star. But yes, I agree. The trench runs better. And they're limited to what the scaling is for this diorama. It seems to have matched exactly the other two. And yeah, I mean, like the Millennium Falcon with its dish knocked off like getting chased down by tie fighters would have been cool or something mm -hmm. because that yeah that's an iconic scene or like going into the core while in episode four is the trench run is the most iconic scene of star wars like you talk you say trench run people know exactly what you're talking about yeah that's true and oh. i'm and that leads into like you were saying the ucs sets now every may the fourth a ucs set comes out before just to like hey you know, we're going to drop a 200 to, oh, I don't know, $800 set for the May the 4th just to, you know, entice the uh, the sale of any Star Wars sets. So, like, we have the A-Wing. What was last year's? Last year's was, oh, wasn't it Tantive 4? Actually, yeah, I think it was Tantive 4 in spring and then the Y-Wing last fall. My bad. I think it got yeah. backwards. Um, because that was the it's the anniversary last year was 20th anniversary so they came out with the Tantive 4 which i i suspect will probably retire this year so if anyone is still looking to get it like myself um probably the year to get it before it retires uh touching on the concept of may the 4th though when it comes to 
how they're trying to promote Star Wars and everything. What I just actually saw, I mean, it hasn't hit uh, the whole May the 4th sale for us in the U.S. yet. Um, when I was just kind of adding some things to cart, because as I said previously in the last podcast, how I was planning on buying the uh, helmets during this time, I'm noticing for the focus that they put especially on Star Wars, most things are on back order. It seems like they didn't make enough supply for the what should have been the expected demand, especially for a Star Wars thing, especially for a recently released Star Wars thing, especially for a release, uh, recently released Star Wars thing around the time of May the 4th. I feel like they should have done more in the production side of things, make sure they had a decent enough stock for what... Well, I'm surprised. Like, I think that what they were trying to counteract that with was pre-orders, because I know they've been... they ramped up pre-orders on uh, the Mandalorian Razor Crest as well as the Brickhead sets. And people are saying, if you've pre-ordered them, you should cancel because then you can pre-order during May the 4th, get those double VIP points and still probably get the gift with purchase set. And that, I mean, that's very smart because those sets don't come out till August because they're anticipating high demand. But like the helmets, I, I feel like they should have, figured high demand they're really cool and collectible which lead into oh you have to hit 75 dollars. well there's already 60 so i'm 15 away um to bump up to get that gift with purchase touching on that uh how you said 75 dollars. um looking at this article that uh brickset put out for of course made the fourth offers now live uk and europe and eventually us not actually seeing anything on this saying that it, the 75 dollars it's specifically Star Wars. I'm looking on Lego's website right now. See if it has to be truly just Star Wars things to get that. But I that's a, yeah, that, that's interesting because I guess you'd have to test it come tomorrow uh, when this all starts to see if you can add anything up to 75 because I'm not seeing it either. I'm just saying you need to spend $75. Right, right. And then double VIP points are for Star Wars and strangely, the new Wonder Woman set. Oh, um, as well as the uh, minions, brick built minions. Yeah, they're they're pushing out the minion sets as well. That weird one. They still haven't released the rest of the whole minions line. For most of these things, I think Star Wars is still getting some good products out. Uh, I'm not sure about some of their other smaller sets, but like I'm I'm a UCS collector. I like I'll, I'll be getting the A wing. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. But the only thing is they've really pushed the double VIP points. Instead of giving discounts to some of these sets, because they used to give like 15, 20% on things, or uh, like I got that the B Wing for 50% off, which was a short term sale um, because it disappeared at, like an hour after I purchased it. They did the same with the Superstar Destroyer, it was on sale, uh, and I missed that one, but I still eventually got the set. But it, it's it's very much a push towards their own inner network of couponing almost to make sure that you come back with your points to buy more, which is smart. I mean, they're a business. They have to do something. I just wish they would give discounts to people because people also say like, oh, I, the A-Wing's cool. I'll just wait till it comes onto walmart.com and in two years I'll get it for uh, like 60, 60 bucks off. I mean, discounts are commonly a thing with a lot of the bigger things if they don't sell well as you were harping on with the uh b-wing 
I know that was actually a set I remember seeing at the Lego store one time. It's massive, but at the time, of course, didn't have the funds to get it. But UCS sets have always kind of had that nice little extra bit of collector and that extra bit of displayability. So, I, I yeah, I've always loved the A-Wing design. I got not the first A-Wing they ever made back in, I want to say, 1999. The first one I ever got was uh, the second A-Wing they made. And that I've lost many of the pieces, but I think this one will outdo any of the others by a long shot. Because, I mean, it's more for that adult collector. And, I mean, that's definitely the point where I'm at. Looks absolutely well done. And I think it's a great addition to the UCS series as a whole. And a great set for May the 4th. And I'm excited to see what comes with uh, Force Friday later on this year. For now, I'm really happy with what they have going on. Looking forward to see what comes next. Yeah, and I think there's some still good options to buy. And Force Friday, of course, we'll probably see another UCS come out. Rumors are swirling already. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to buy some things. From the 1st to the 4th is when you can purchase, get these deals. That pretty much wraps up May the 4th Be With You. The only thing I had left to ask is for like Michael. You're not a big Star Wars fan. But you're a Lego fan. Is there any like day you would rather see or an addition to May the 4th? Some like the creation of Lego Day or like a Harry Potter Day? Because I know a lot of people love the new sets that are coming out. Uh, they got to do something else to promote these things. Not quite sure. I haven't really put enough thought into that. It'd be interesting, sure, for them to do some sort of other commemorative days. But I don't. I don't have anything uh, really to add right now in terms of what other days that they should do or I think are uh, remotely feasible. I feel like a good day would be like a Lego Heritage Day or something, something to call back to because they came up with what the uh, what was it, the 20th or 40th anniversary of train sets with a gift of purchase, which yeah. is cool. And a little bit but... weird since I don't know what 40th anniversary, specifically a 40th anniversary of that train. Because I know Lego was making trains well before that, before they even had minifigures designed. So as much as I like it, it still was kind of a weird promotion to do. But I'd love to see more like that, as you were saying. Yeah, it, it was a little strange. But the having it out was cool. Maybe like if they did Heritage Day of, oh, we're going to release one of the sets that was an employee-only set to like call back to our heritage. Or having... I was looking through some of the classic anniversary sets that they used to have where there was the town plan or bringing back one of the original popular sets into the mainstream again, I think would be nice. Like they did with um, Pirates of Barracuda Bay. Yeah. I'd love to see that too. Just bring back yeah. some remasters of older sets would be an awesome thing. Just bring back the monorail system. Oh, Absolutely. That thing's expensive, and I still need to get one. I almost bought one. I should have. Michael knows all about it. I was in an antique store, and I just didn't buy it. It was like 100 and some bucks, and I'm like, ah, I don't need it right now. It's it's old, and it was gone next Told week. you to get it. I know you did. <laughs> Told you to get it. I, I love the monorail sets. Hopefully, with this the train track sets, uh, they'll modify and create something. I, I hope to see like a Disney monorail in the future or any monorail for that matter. Quick on the topic of uh, monorails, I have seen uh, some people out there. I want to say the main person I saw was, uh, don't know if you're familiar with JK Brickworks, but he ended up designing a motorized compartment 
for the new roller coaster tracks to work similar to that of the classic monorail. So, neat thing to look into if you've always wanted monorail, can't justify paying out that much money. Roller coaster tracks, not a bad way to go. Just, yeah, check out his site at JK Brickworks if you want to see instructions on how to do that. It's actually. I found to be pretty neat. Yeah, I did see that. It looks really good. And I think that's a great lead in for Lego to be like, oh, people are interested. And look, somebody already did it really easily. There's almost no parts that we need to make new again. It's just uh, create a new motorized, maybe not that compartment, but have a train car specifically for that would be awesome. And then, you know, you could even use that motorized system on one of their trains, uh, another roller coaster track set. We got off topic. Surprise. Um, so to wrap up, that was our May the 4th coverage. I'm so grateful to have the time with Steven and Michael. I hope you guys enjoy your May the 4th. I know Michael, you're just going to watch from afar as we spend hundreds of dollars lurking from the shadows. Yeah. Thank you again, Michael. Welcome. Happy to be here. And thanks again, Steven. Always. Thanks for having me again. That's all she wrote folks. I hope you enjoyed our May the 4th recap and got some of your own thoughts out about what you think you know may the fourth and star wars it isn't for everybody but for those that do like it this is a cool event hopefully lego broadens out and looks at other events such as a heritage day as i was talking about maybe even a bionicles day we're going to keep pushing bionicles until they bring them back and it may get annoying for some i honestly don't care i know you like bionicles and i know you like galador if you listen to episode three You'll understand everything I'm talking about. Sorry, my nerd rage came out. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please help us make it better. Comment, like, subscribe, listen to this podcast, reach out to us on our Instagrams, xoboy555 to reach out to Steven. And for mine, lego underscore underscore stud and ibrickheads are my primary accounts on Instagram. I try to answer as many messages as possible. And I also do commissions. So if you're looking for any Legos to be built for you, contact me through my Fiverr at Gorley Garrett, or you can just send me a message. I'll answer it and we can work through whatever you want to build. If you just want to talk Lego, that's fine too. I just want to hear from you guys. If you want to be on this podcast, I'm open to whoever wants to be on. This is a passion project for me. I love doing it, and I really hope you enjoy listening. So I hope this episode brought you some more information about LEGO, and especially LEGO with Star Wars. And if we haven't convinced you yet that you need to get out there and buy a LEGO set, well, I guess it just means that I need to keep putting out more episodes. And I'll leave you with this as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something. Not so fast. It's blooper time. The Harry Potter summer sets came out or were released. Man, it's time too. Welcome back to Back to Bricks. I'm your host. Wow. Harry Potter and the Observation Tower is the next set, which comes from episode, excuse me, chap uh, that includes the party from Professor Umbridge. Wow. Professor Wormtail, uh, including uh, a prethla, prethla, but Brickheads had some news where they came out with Brickhead Brickheads is me which is a remake of the actual classic Brickheads yeah why do I keep saying Brickheads uh, if you're if you didn't uh, e, Walker sold out duel at Starkiller base etc 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 etc